I'm George Schellinger with this special audio edition of the Shark Task Force. This time, thoughts from the director of the film, The End of the Line, Rupert Murray. The End of the Line is the world's first major documentary about the effects of overfishing. The tagline for the movie, imagine a world without fish. In fact, there are some estimates that if we don't move to protect our oceans in the next few years, they could be empty by the middle of this century. The end of the line is important as we look at shark conservation and preservation because the shark is a large predator and it is systematically being removed from the seas around us. In my conversation with Rupert Murray, I started by asking him what shocked him the most. I suppose that a lot of the depletions that have happened in the ocean um, have, have already happened. I mean, we've, we've already had 90% of the large fish have disappeared in our seas since 1950. For me, that was probably the most shocking uh, revelation. And that's, that's large fish, that's uh, sharks, uh, cod, uh, hal halibut, skate, uh, all manner of different, different species have already been taken out. There's 10% left of those large animals. And making the film, I, tried, I was working to, uh, we are working to save that 10%. There's been a study, there was a study done by a scientist called Boris Worm that predicted that if we continue as business as usual, the fish that we now eat will have run out by the middle of this century. Now, people argue about the date and whether you can make an, an, an assumption or a prediction like that, but the trends are all down and things are, looking, things are not looking good for many areas of the world. Some areas are doing well. We need to, we need to highlight those areas and, and, and copy those good practices over to the bad. But overall, the picture is not good. We need to turn this around. The data's there. I mean, uh, not only the data, but the, the, you know, the, 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 the fishermen's lives, the industry's lives, uh, the lives of the people in the industry has been destroyed all over the, you know, all over the world. There are, you go to any fishing community and anywhere in the world, they'll tell you the same story. They're all, they're all, uh, there are some that are doing well, but a lot of them are not doing very well and historically have been hammered. You know, they've hammered the fish populations and their businesses have suffered. That is plain to see. I mean, the, these facts are out there. People dispute the uh, uh, minor percentage points, but there's a broad consensus that our oceans are in deep, deep trouble and we need to do something about it. Now, on your point about the, the consensus of Marine Life Survey, this is the, maybe the, back to your first question. The most shocking thing for me was 90% on the year that I discovered that 90% of the large fish had already gone, the Census for Sea, sea Life Survey discovered 13,000 new species to science. So hang on a second, we're, destro we're destroying this before we've even discovered it. That to me seems crazy. I think the, st the statistics of how many fish have been lost from the oceans are, you know, they're astonishing. You know, we wouldn't put up with those kind of losses in any other form of life. You have, you know, financial institutions move. I mean, we had a crash recently, but, you know, they move, move by small points and people get very excited. You know, uh, some species of shark are down 99.9%. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, where, where is this all going to end? I mean, it's, it's going to end in extinction of these species, of these amazing animals that we've all grown up with unless we do something about it. And that's why we made the film, to it's, do something. I think um, we're only just discovering 
how much the ocean and the climate interact. I think people don't really know the full extent of how that interaction works. It's extremely complicated. But we depend on the oceans for life. Millions of people depend on the oceans for food. Uh, they, they, they provide clean water. They, uh, the, the water that evaporates from the oceans uh, you know, uh, falls on the land. and you know, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely vital for life. And you know, this is one of the most important issues of our time. And people, uh, many people don't know about it. They should take away the fact that we can do something about this. This is the problem that we can solve. We have the solutions in our hands. We just need people to, to, to realize what's going on and to ask questions about, about the oceans, their relationship with the sea, about their relationship with seafood particularly, because a lot of these depletions are happening uh, through people buying seafood and not knowing where it comes from, how it was caught, and whether or not that fish is endangered. So the take-home message is you, everyone can do something about this. The first thing to do is to ask questions. I think, you know, if everyone who, who watched the film goes away and, and, and goes to their local restaurant, their local, local supermarket, and asks the person who's selling you the fish questions about where it comes from, that kind of starts the dialogue. It make, gets them thinking about that people are, people are concerned. Further than that, if you, can, if you can obtain one of these seafood guides, um, uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium does one, um, and that gives you an indication of which fish are okay to eat, which fish to avoid. Uh, if you look out for certification guides like the uh, Marine Stewardship Council, the MSC, a little uh, 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 fish with a blue tick on it, if you look out for things like that, that guarantees it's also sustainable. The key is not to ind eat endangered species and to eat sustainably caught species instead. Marine protected areas. It works. Uh, you, you set aside an area, you let the fish do what they do naturally, you ban destructive human activity in these areas, they bounce back. I mean, there's scientific paper after scientific paper, uh, especially in coastal areas, proving that marine protected areas, you know, sometimes the, 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 the life bounces back by a thousand percent. You know, in a relatively short period of time, they work. We need to increase the percentage of population, uh, percentage of protection worldwide. We're currently at 0.8% of the world's oceans is protected, which is crazy. 10% of the land is protected. We need to jump, but we need to make them equal. In, uh, in three to four years, we need to protect 10% of the world's oceans. Some people say 30% in order to, to, for them to be to return fully to life. That's maybe further down the line, 2020. But we need to start this process. It works. It can turn things around. There are certain, there's moves afoot. And nations are actually starting to move on this. Uh, we need to create uh, 10%, at least 10% of the world's oceans as protected areas, marine protected areas, no take zones, where no fishing takes place in the next three years. That's the goal. From 0.8% now to 10% by 2012. And then beyond that, 20-30% 20, by 2020. I think we, uh, as a race, I think there's a feeling, people have a feeling that the, the numbers are not stacking up. For the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the coming century. You know, there's a, a series of resource-based issues that are all building in prominence. And I think that we, if we're not careful, we're going to re reach convergence of all of these problems coming to fruition at, the, you know, at, at a critical point. We need the oceans in there as an insurance policy against climate, the effect, worst effects of climate change. You know, overfishing may be, a f may be increasing climate change. When ocean acidification comes in, we want fish to be there. Uh, if there aren't, it will completely wipe them out. So you know, it's, it's absolutely crucial that seven-tenths of our planet, we look after this massive, massive area of our, of our, of our, of our planet.
I made this film because I believe, I know that, that we can stop overfishing. Overfishing is the main problem at the moment that's affecting the world's oceans. If you stop overfishing, you know, you, we can return the oceans to health. It can be done. Uh, we just need people to, to, to watch our film, End of the Line, uh, to, to join campaigns and to change the way they consume seafood. Uh, we need politicians to manage the industry much, much better. And, and we need to create marine protected areas. If we do those things, the oceans will return to life. I made the film because I love eating fish. I love it. I mean, it's, it's the most delicious food on earth as far as I'm concerned. I've stopped eating many types of fish and I'm very careful about how I choose, choose what I eat. And I think, you know, and I've done that because I, I want my children to eat fish. I want, you know, I want future generations to, to enjoy this, you know, the common heritage of all mankind. But we need to change our habits now in order for that to happen. We have a website, endoftheline.com. There's all of the information about the campaign, uh, how much work we've been doing with politicians, with world, with world leaders. Uh, the screenings we have are all listed on the site. Uh, we aim to get this film out to as many people as possible because we think this is one of the most important issues of our time and people are not talking about it enough. But hopefully after seeing our film, they will be. That was director Rupert Murray of the documentary, The End of the Line. To find out more, visit thesharktaskforce.com or check out intothelion.com. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this special audio edition of the Shark Task Force. We'll be back soon because why wait a whole year for just one week on sharks? I'm George Schellinger.